Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Hello and welcome to the show. You may or may not know this, but the Janine Boland Show is the syndicated program of four different podcasts that were combined in October of 2021. My team and I merged the four podcasts that we had been running up to that point, which was the three-minute money tips, the thriving solopreneur, the writer's hour, creative conversations, and the practical mystic show. Today, we are highlighting one of the 99 authors that I am interviewing over the course of this year to receive their guidance and perspective on how to get your message, your story, or your memoir out into the world. So it doesn't matter if you're a practical mystic, if you're a writer, solopreneur, or you're in the financial industry, these authors can help you because many of them, just like yourself, were told they needed to write a book about their life experience. These 99 authors that I'm interviewing are going to be writing, not only did they write their own stories, but they're also sharing with you what worked, what didn't work with selling their books, and the things that they wish they had known before they became published authors. So today, I'm interviewing Mike Capuzzi, who is a publisher, author, and book publishing coach, and he has been helping clients with exceptional marketing since 1998. In 2019, he launched Bite Size Books, a new publishing concept formula for creating short, helpful books, also known as Shooks. Now, this is a little bit of a commercial for Mike, but I actually was so impressed with this process. I bought four of my books were published through his company. Shooks are ideal for business owners like myself, entrepreneurs, and corporate leaders who are looking to increase their level of authority while also providing helpful information in these bite-sized formats. So go to bitesizebooks.com and check out what Mike has to offer. Now, if you think that's all this guy does, you are so wrong. The other thing is he has his own podcast called the Author Factor Podcast. He interviews business owners and book experts on real world proven ways to leverage a book to position yourself and to promote your business. Now, after this interview, I recommend that you check out his programs and testimonials of his shooks, as well as go to bitesizebooks.com. And if you think you would be a great guest, which, hey, if you're listening to this show, I'm pretty sure you'd be a great guest for his, and you have a, a written or you want have published at least one book, visit authorfactor.com forward slash guest, introduce yourself to Mike so that he can get to know you. Welcome to the show, Mike. Great to have you. Hey, Janine. Yeah, and you're right. You are a four-shook author. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We have to say those things very, we have to enunciate yes. very carefully <laughs> as we, as we, we say those things. Well, I'm just going to launch into the questions that I ask all the authors that come on my show, mainly because all of you have been called into writing under such different circumstances. And one of the first things that an author will struggle with is whether or not to publish under their name. So do you publish under your full name? Oh, with a name like Mike Capuzzi, why wouldn't I, right? <laughs> you got to say it. How do you, te you teach us how to say it? Oh, so you remember that. This comes back from when I was, when I was a little kid. And I'm not a little kid anymore. Um, we always said it rhymes with jacuzzi, uh, which is actually the American pronunciation of Capuzzi, which is the Italian pronunciation. But um, yeah, Jeannie and I, I, I was never that creative to think I should have a pseudonym. But then again, I published nonfiction. So typically you don't find nonfiction book authors 
publishing under a different name. They, they're out there, but no, I, I, uh, I had already built my brand um, name recognition with my own name. Um, so yeah, it just made sense to keep that. But that is one of those questions that when people want to hide, because being an author, you know, you're out there, you are like, there's nothing to hide behind once that book is in print. So would you in any way change your decision after, are you still happy with that? You know, that's a really interesting question because here in 2022, the answer might be yes. (laughs) I'm I'm looking to go out near where you live and get away from it all. Um, You know, I, yeah, I mean, I would have to undo decades worth of investment of time and energy and money, but, you know, depending on what I was writing about, now, again, I'm writing stuff that most business owners can use. So it doesn't make a lot of sense, but if I was writing something a little more, um, you know, the topic was something that, you know, maybe I do want to hide under a pseudonym, I could see doing something like that. Um, But yeah, at this point now, I wouldn't change it. And that's one of the things I like to ask about because some people find that uh, silly, but it's a very fundamental question because that's the first fear I can remember having is like, oh my God, do I use my name? Do I not use my name? I can remember having that moment of panic when my book was complete and I was starting to build out, how am I going to do the title page? (laughs) Because I write my book first and then I worry about titles and all that afterwards. So that's one of those things. Everybody's different on that. So just out of curiosity, did you have a marketing background before you started writing your first book? Yeah, I did. I did. I actually have an engineering background if you go way back. And you remember that because you and I are from <laughs> injured spirits. Yes, but, um, we're both, both scientists. <laughs> yeah. um, so actually, I have an engineering degree, did that for a number of years, worked in the software industry. And in, I worked at essentially a software startup that is now is huge. They're a public company now. But um, they didn't have a marketing department. And I was one of the, f- the founding members of that. I went from a technical role to a marketing role because I just had an interest in marketing. So I raised my hand at the time. This is back in the early 90s. And um, yeah, I grew up in a corporate marketing environment, traveled the world. Um, but then when I went out on my own, uh, I did that for a little while, like big company clients. But I really fell in love with the small business owner, the medium-sized business owner, Janine. And um, yeah, for the last... She's two plus decades um, have been really helping small to medium sized businesses. Right. And that was one of the things. Mike is an exception. It's very rare that I run into anyone who's published a book that has any kind of marketing background because most, I'd say 90% of the people I run into are clueless, but even you had some struggles. Like that was one of the things that I was like, oh my gosh, dude, you were marketing in electronic medium. You were online and marketing back before we had Wi-Fi. Yes, back yes. before Bluetooth was a thing. YouTube wasn't even a clear. We had MySpace accounts. You and I were talking about, <laughs> we had MySpace accounts. You Actually, know, this I, didn't is a- My- I didn't have oh, a you MySpace did. I had a CompuServe account, though. I was a, what they called a SysOp, system operator for CompuServe uh, for the, the, the company I worked at. And um, yeah, that, you know, the old dial-up. <laughs> Back in the day. So yeah, before we get too far down that dinosaur trail that we're going, um, as I always tell people, but, is, but still, there were surprises. What was the most surprising thing to you about book marketing and publishing your book? Mm, well, it's, it's probably one that, a lot of your authors are probably sharing, uh, I would imagine, but it is, I, I, on my own podcast, I say 
to be successful at book marketing, you have to be consistent and persistent. It is not an event. You know, book marketing is not an event. Event marketing might be, you, you get ready for an event, you do it, you, you know, you build up to it and then it's over and you're done. If you're in for the long haul, it's something that you have to consistently, persistently do. You know, the, the whole, I'm going to publish a book and they're going to read it um, is a fallacy. And you're going to have to really do a lot of different things. And, and thank you for, you know, interviewing all these authors and sharing the ideas because it's a, it's a grind. It's a good grind, but it's a grind. And if you think you're just going to publish a book and, you know, everyone has that initial excitement, you, know, you get the, your, your friends and family, and then maybe you sell a couple, whatever it might be. But um, you've got to have, I tell my, all my, you've got to have a strategy going into this if you want to be successful, whether it's selling books or giving away books. And there's a reason why you want to do that, but depending on you know, what you're doing. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a long-term game, Janine. Yeah, I, I can remember back in 2005 when I first started publishing my book and I was clueless, had no clue what we were supposed to do. And I was running around local radio stations and then I'd run down to the main street and find the used bookstores. And I <laughs> would shell, you know, I said, I just got on the radio and sure enough, there would be people queuing up behind me and say, hey, I just heard this woman on the radio. And, it's, and there I was, I was standing there, but that was, you know, 2005. So today, Today, what would you change about marketing your book, knowing what you know today? Um, I would, gosh, several things probably. Um, <laughs> I would get smart about podcast guesting. I think podcast guesting is a smart strategy for authors. So that's something I would, I would get a little more serious about. I, I kind of went in kicking and screaming, but a friend of mine finally encouraged me. I would... Um, I would get really smarter or at least hire some smart people when it comes to Amazon marketing. I mean, Amazon is, is the 800 pound gorilla. And if you, you know, you've got to get good at, you just can't throw your book up on Amazon and expect it to sell. You know, you've, you've got to play the game. Um, so I think that would be another thing. And then, the, you know, I, I would say I would get a little, I would get smarter and, um, more effective use of book funnels. So online funnels that are unique to your book and, and how to leverage those uh, better. Right. And that's all, that's a whole technology and yeah. science in and of it itself. So just out of curiosity, what worked best for you? I like asking each author, Hey, what, where did you sell the most books or maybe not where is, is the incorrect word, but what have you done that sold the most books for you? Yeah. So, I mean, most of my books are on Amazon. So that's our primary, you know, distribution, distribution channel. We have them, you know, I don't, I don't really worry about too many other of the online books uh, retailers. Though it doesn't mean you shouldn't. I just don't specifically worry about them. Um, so again, you throw up a book, you know, you publish a book on Amazon. It doesn't mean it's going to sell. And, and that was a mistake. I made my first book that I did do on Amazon, like in 2009, I think it was. I thought, oh, you put it up there, you know, someone's going to find it, find it and buy it. And um, you forget there's like a bazillion books on Amazon. So anyway, you put your book up in Amazon. What worked for me, and again, I've been in business for a while. So I have a pretty substantial email list. I have a good reputation in the business world that I live in. And uh, what worked, really worked well with me was getting what I call joint venture partners. 
So folks like you, I think I probably tapped on you at one point, Janine. Hey, can you just let your friends and family and network know about this new book that's coming out? Just go to the Amazon link. So that, that worked well. And then my own email list, which is, you know, again, still one of the wisest investments any authors can make is to build their own email list so that you can keep in touch with them. So yeah, my, my most recent book that I had published did very, very well. I mean, we literally sold, and it wasn't even my goal, Janine, but we literally sold thousands of copies in the first couple months uh, by doing some smart stuff. I, I remember that. And I remember I was more than happy to help you because you had done so much to help me. Are you kidding? I'd be glad to help you out. Yeah. So that that's one of the biggest things that uh, many of my authors didn't know about when they first started was how to do joint ventureships. They didn't know about that aspect of it. So what process did you use that was like an epic failure? Every author has. <laughs> I love these stories because every author that I've talked to has a story where they went and tried something and it just landed flat and it did not work for them. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was putting my book up on Amazon and thinking that was the last step. Okay. Yeah. I know you had mentioned that, but I didn't know that was your story. Oh yeah. I mean, that was, oh, okay. Oh yeah. Cause if I look back the first couple of books I did, um, and again, we're talking like over 10 years ago, I just put them up there and I just thought you know, with Amazon, they have keywords and all the stuff that you set up. And I thought, Oh, I just have really good keywords and it'll get found. And, and it doesn't work that way. Just like any of these big tech companies, there's all these algorithms and they, you know, they kind of game the system. So you got to kind of pay to play. But I would say that was probably my biggest mistake. The other thing I did, I, I, my very first book, Janine, was a compilation book. So similar to what you're producing here, I, inter- I interviewed, um, or I didn't do it, I paid someone, but we, we had 31 plus myself. So 32 Philadelphia, which is where I'm from, Philadelphia area, fairly successful entrepreneurs and business owners in this book. I called it Dream Inc. Um, and it was all about, you know, why did you have that dream to have your own business? And it, it was very successful financially because of the way we modeled it. However, the big mistake I make there, and this was in 2007, I didn't have a launch party. I didn't know when the book came out. I just said, oh, the book's here. We gave everyone their copies and that was it. So we didn't make it like a big event, a big, and, and, and I really, I really missed the ball on that one. Like when your book comes out, you could do virtual launch parties, physical launch parties, you know, there's like, make a big deal about it. Cause if you don't know what else is going to. Well, and I like to describe it as it's a birthday party. Yeah, it, it is a birthday party. You took time and effort. And I remember I used to read about Ernest Hemingway, where he was talking about, you know, creating a book is like birthing a child. And I remember being very sexist in my brain and thinking, what would he know about that? And, and, uh, and then I had four children and then I started writing books and I went, he nailed it. The man knew exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> he totally knows what he's saying. So I ate crow on that one. So tell me a story that you tell about yourself that gets a lot of laughs from your target audience? Oh, Janine. There's so many. Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, 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 there's nothing that literally comes to mind. I'm, okay. I'm, I tend to be a very self-deprecating person anyway, so I, don't, I have no problems like, you know, making fun of myself, but uh, um, nothing comes to mind. Okay, yeah, moving on. So what was the biggest change that you've seen in yourself since you started marketing your books? Just realizing, well, let me take one step back. 
I grew up a book lover. Again, I know we have that in common, right? So I grew up, my grandmother, my mom's mom really instilled that in me in a very young age. I used to go to visit her. She had this big library in this upper bedroom. And I just loved picking out her books and, you know, I just loved it. Um, so I love books and I always had this thing in my mind. And again, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, that, oh, I could never be a book author. Like I just had this magical I put this magical level of power that book authors have. And after writing the first one and then the second one, I think I'm up to like 15 now, you realize there's nothing magical about it. If the difference is people like you and I just did it, right? Um, doesn't mean they're all going to be successful. Doesn't mean they're all, but regardless, it's, it's the, I think a lot of us put uh, an, this illusionary power of being what it means to be a book author. And I always say, Janine, if you have a message to share, a story to tell, if you, if you know something that can help other people, none of that will happen until that book is written. So just go do it. I totally agree. Thank you. That is the whole reason I'm writing this book with the help of my 99 closest friends <laughs> is, <laughs> is because, because we all had that same thing. We all had that, like, we have got to get this message out, whatever it is. So, all right, real quick. What are five tips that you would give authors that are selling their book in today's environment? Uh, study book funnels. Study Amazon advertising, because that is something you're going to need to know. Uh, study podcast guesting. So we, there's three that we've already talked about. So again, podcast guesting, being a guest on other people's podcasts. You don't need to have your own. Um, study good, what it means to write good book descriptions and, and how to leverage. There's, there's a whole science behind Amazon, if that's one of your primary mechanisms to get your book out there, to write good, you know, uh, good book descriptions, have, to have a good pay, a book page. So that would be another thing. Um, and then, you know, I would, I would just figure out where does, your, where does your ideal reader exist? For a lot of folks, it might be on what I call Main Street, their local business owners. They just want a local book. Uh, it might be someone who has, a, like you and I, a global presence. Um, know where they exist and figure out ways to get in front of them. That's, per, that's brilliant, by the way. Thank you. Those five, definitely, if you're going to be on the online space, that's what you need to be doing. So what is the one thing you most misunderstood about becoming an author? Did we already talk about it with well, the book magically appear? But I mean, yeah. Well, I think it really is that, you know, I would say it on my podcast, so many people feel like I'm not smart enough. I'm not a good enough writer. And again, the kind of books that I write, I think you probably agree with this. We're not trying to be the next Hemingway. That's the last thing. I, again, that's not my goal. My goal, and you can already tell by the way I talk, right? Um, <laughs> I write the way I talk. I, I'm conversational. I, I just, I try, I try to bring my personality. And I think that's, you know, that's critical. There's so many people still get it. Now, again, there's certain kind of books where your proper grammar and having it professionally edited and all that. Yes, that's, that has its place. But for my books, they are really extensions of myself. And the last thing I want is someone sort of trying to put a polish on that. That's not authentic. Right. Because uh, definitely I can speak for myself on this one. Polish is not necessarily what my personality is. <laughs> I'm a little too direct, like you and I were talking about. So, well, what was the primary thing or what is the biggest reward for you for being an author? 
Well, again, because I'm, I love books, I think the first thing was just to be able to say I was an author. I love that. Like, I, when I remember when I started my company in 1998, oh my gosh, it's funny to look back at it, but I was so <laughs> proud to create a business card that said I was the president and CEO of this, this one-person company. Um, but the same thing when you write a book, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm an author now, right? That's kind of cool. And it, it's neat. I mean, you probably know this, Janine. It's neat when you, if you're, at an event and you're giving your book out or selling it, people ask you to autograph it. Um, it's neat when you get stories that um, people say your book changed my life. I, I love that. And it, and it happens yeah. again. I will, I will just suggest to everybody, if you haven't gotten that first book done, none of this happens until that happens. So just, you know, just go do it. Go do it because I guarantee you that the books that Mike has written and the other authors in this project all of them have stories of where people say it changed their lives. It, it really helped them out of a period of time, which is why you're being pushed to write your book. So any last words of wisdom you care to share, Mike, before we go? Yeah, it, it, you know, I mean, you and I probably could talk forever on some of this stuff, but um, I know, I know. There's, listen, one of the things is you've got to be careful. Again, I know I'm, I'm slanting a lot of my conversation towards Amazon, but that's... I, I have a global presence. All your, your books are up on Amazon, right? You've got potential clients all over the world. So do I. So it makes you know, a lot of sense. You, you know, in this day and age, unfortunately, it's a, the reality is you have to have thick skin. So not every review, I just got a review. And I, re, I read my reviews. I read them for a couple of reasons. If we have time, I'll, I'll share some of that strategy there. But um, I read my reviews. And I just got one yesterday. I'm like reading. I'm like, what's this woman talking about? She left her name. And I'm like, sort of a dumb review. She was talking about the 100-page book, which is my most recent one. And she said, well, it was good, but it really didn't deliver on its promise. (laughs) It just doesn't make any sense because I have like 200 really good reviews. But you can't let that bug you. So whether it's an Amazon review or somewhere else, or you you know, not everyone's going to love your book. There's a lot of, you know, and just, it's unfortunate. This day and age, it it is just a reality. Um, But I would just say, you know, suck it up and don't let that deter you. You always focus on the people that you can help and that the people that, you know, are positive with your message. And I think that's, that's, uh, you know, something really smart to think about. That's key for you, especially, you know, you have hundreds of reviews that you help people. You can't expect that out of the 8 billion people walking around on this planet that everybody's no going <laughs> to. Like I, I, I have, and I've, I've, I've coached, meaning I've been coached by some very smart people and they're like, you got to get that out of you. But you know, I'm a, my DNA is to be a people pleaser and it bothers, you know, it, it doesn't bother me like it used to. Right. I, I can definitely, you know, but it's still sort of, an, it, it, it becomes at least a conversation point with my wife at some point during that day. Like, <laughs> or, you know, one of those things. I and had then a, we, us as podcasters, we get on and we're like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the review I got. And we all start laughing because we've all been there. We've all had that review where you're like, did, were they, did they really read the book? Yeah, exactly. Did they really listen to the episode? I, I had one. I had a one-star review on one of my other, my, the Magic of Short Books. And it, it, I, like, I researched it. It was like a 10-year-old kid leaving it. And, and I, the one thing that really stinks about Amazon is, and I'm, there's no lie. So if you go to Magic of Short Books and look at the one-star review, it's a, like, it's, you could tell it's a kid. And then if you look at what else they reviewed, like Lego blocks and stuff. But um, um, 
once the reviews on Amazon, they don't take it away. So it is what it is. It kind of stinks, but all you can do is just work your hardest to have a good quality book and, you know, ask your, by the way, there's another little tip. Make sure if you are going to leverage Amazon, you literally do this right in your book. You ask for reviews. You've got to ask for reviews. That's the other thing. I thought, well, people are just going to review because they're out of the goodness of their heart. Mm-mm, it doesn't work that way. Um, you got to ask. And even if you ask, you know, you're only going to get a small, per- small percentage. But you want those Amazon reviews to be good and you want to be as many as you can get. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. And... We will say goodbye to Mike. And this is Janine Boland signing off with you today and all of us here at The Eight Gates that produces The Janine Boland Show. We wish you a wonderful week and we encourage you to get your message, your story, or your knowledge out into the world and make it a better place, just like these authors are doing with the newer authors that are coming along behind them. We'll see you again next week. And until then, you keep sharing what you know with others. Keep shining that light that is you. And don't get, when you go out today, just do something fun for yourself. Seriously, people, do something fun for yourself. We'll chat with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to thejanineboland.show.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. 8